Hi, you've just downloaded or otherwise accessed a podcast of Cross Point Church and the teaching ministry presented through our weekly Sunday morning worship. Feel free to burn a copy of this file when you're finished and pass it along to a friend you think might also benefit from the teaching. We hope you enjoy the message today, and thanks again for taking the time to visit. Would you believe me if I told you that cotton candy was invented by a dentist? Um, Would you believe me if I told you if you laid all the blood vessels in the human body end to end, that it would circle the earth four times? Would you believe me if I told you that an elephant can hear with its feet? Whether you believe me or not, all those things are true. I know they're hard to believe, but they're all true. I wonder the things we believe that we've perceived over the years and have locked in to be fact when they may not be. And the things that we have questioned over the years that may be factual that we've not been uh, open to, open to hearing. Uh, John, in Second John, which is where we are today, talks about these, these things we need to believe, these things we need to lock down and lock in. We talked in First John about the essentials. He, he, he begins with saying, here's my example. Here, here's where I've seen. Here's where I've walked. Here's what I've, what I've witnessed. Here's why you can trust my testimony. And he goes into these essentials of obedience, hearing the Holy Spirit, knowing our identity, the things that love does, uh, the, the contrast we should have with our culture, the things that love is, uh, ask this question, who is Jesus? And we looked at last week how we live what we know. And then he kind of sums those things up in, into these, these things that we should find ourselves believing. So let's look at this text today, all, all 13 verses of Second John. And we'll come back and spend the bulk of our time in verses 4 through 12. The elder to the lady chosen by God. Now, Lest you get confused, the lady there is, in all likelihood, a specific church. It could be the church at large, but it's more likely a specific church. And that is probably most of the writings in this time, because the Roman government had already overtaken Jerusalem and the Holy Land, most of the writings of this time would have to be previewed by by, by a Roman official of some kind. So this is likely code so that the letter actually gets through to where it's going, so it's not written to a church, per se, but to a lady. Uh, so that's, that's in all likelihood why John uses this language. Uh, lady chosen by God and her children, whom I love in, in the truth, and not only I, but also those who know the truth, because of the truth which lives in us and, we will, be w- and will be with us forever. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and from Jesus Christ the Father's Son will be with us in truth and in love. It's given me great joy to find some of your children walking in the truth, just as the Father commanded us. And now, dear lady, I'm not writing you a new command, but one you've heard from the beginning. I ask that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk in obedience to his commands. As you have heard from, from the beginning, his command is that you walk in love. Many deceivers who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh have gone out into the world. Any such person is a deceiver and the Antichrist. Watch out that you do not lose lose what we have worked for, but that you may also be rewarded fully. Anyone who runs ahead and does not continue in the teaching of Christ does not have God. 
Whoever continues in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and, and does not bring this teaching, do not take them into your house or welcome them. Anyone who welcomes them shares in their wicked work. I have much to write to you, but I do not want to use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to visit you and talk with you face to face so that our joy may be made complete. The children of your sister who is chosen by God send their greetings. Three things today I want us to take away from this text in, in verses, primarily, as I said, verses 4 through 11, about what we should believe. And the first is this, is that what you believe should be grounded in the Word. It should be grounded in the Word. He speaks to that in verses 4 to 6. It's given me great joy to find some of your children walking in the truth, just as the Father has commanded. Now, I'm not writing you a new command, but one we've had from the beginning. I ask that we love one another and this is love that we walk in, in obedience to his commands. Walking in the truth, he said. It speaks to, to a, a pattern of consistency that the church that he's writing to are in, in the process of, of finding there. So what he's saying in essence is surround yourself, and he speaks to that in, in these first two, three verses. Surround yourself with people, and, and, and by that, I'm talking, and I think he's referring to the, those who are on the inner circle of your life, those who do life with you more intimately. Uh, surround yourself with people who will tell you the truth, who will be honest with you about what the truth is, as opposed to what they think you want to hear. Those, those are not the kind of friends most of us need. We need friends who tell us the truth, regardless of whether it's hard to hear or hard to, del to deliver. How do we do that? Well, here's the test for you. You can tell that I was reading a book, and, and you were this morning. I was reading a book the other day that talked about some beliefs. Tell me what three beliefs you hold dear hold dearest in your life? What three, what three things can you count on to be true every time in every situation? What, what, what would those three beliefs be? And then see the, the response. Hear back from them on what those beliefs are. You, you'll see whether those folks are walking in, co in context with the Word or whether they're walking in context with the world, uh, or their world, or, or the Word according to them. Matthew 22 uh, talks about this idea of that being in us from, from, uh, from the beginning, he says here. Matthew 22, verses 34 to 40 says this. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets Hang on these two commandments. So, the greatest evidence of our relationship to God is our love for each other, our love for brothers and sisters. Uh, the obedience he speaks to is, in, in verse 6, is what love looks like in action. He, he, he talked really all through First John, but more specifically in, in chapter 4, about how, who love is, how, how we are to love each other, and how that love should be evidence of our faith in him. That, that looks like love in action. That's what obedience is, is love in action. Uh, but know that loving well is not to glorify love. It's, it's certainly not to glorify us. But our loving well is designed to glorify the God who is in us, uh, who, as we saw in, in essential number six, uh, in looking at what love is, he, he defines love himself as saying, love is God, and God is love. It's impossible to love apart from God. Because God is love. He is himself love. So, what we believe should be grounded in the word. And those we surround ourselves with should also be friends who are grounded in the scripture, grounded in the word. 
and who have a, a solidified value system based on the Scripture and on the Word of God. Secondly, what you believe should be grounded in the Word. Secondly, what you believe also will be tested in the culture. What you believe will be tested in the culture. Look at verses 7 and 8. Many deceivers who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh have gone out into the world. Any such person is the deceiver and the antichrist. Watch out that you do not lose what we have worked for, but that you may, you may be re rewarded fully. Uh, this book, this Bible, is a historically and spiritually and culturally correct book. What, what, do I, what do I mean when I speak of that? It means that your worldview, how you, how you view what happens in our culture, both socially, politically, financially, spiritually, and, 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 and certainly that to be true, should be based on your belief in what the book says about those things. Our culture is, I believe, living in the ramp-up days to the coming rapture of the church. I had somebody ask me the other day, did I believe what was going on in Israel was the beginnings of the final battle? And I said, my response was, I think it lights the fuse for that, certainly. There's some other things that have to, to be involved. Iran and Russia and China has to be involved, in my view, according to what prof prophetic scripture there is uh, about that. Uh, but I, I think that's certainly falling into place, and I think the fuse is lit for that. I don't, my opinion is I don't think that battle's going to stop. Regardless of who wants ceasefires, I don't think that battle is going to stop uh, from now until the coming again. Is it going to be an all-out war? I don't know, but I think there will be fighting there pretty much as there has been from the get-go. But that that's my biblical worldview because I see what the scripture says about those things. That's what I'm talking about to say historically, culturally, socially, how you view our world should be viewed in light of what the scripture says about the situations that we find ourselves in and are those in line with scripture and does scripture align itself with, with those and it does. There are deceivers he, he talks about in the world. Uh, some don't even know it, but many do. Um, some things sound good, that are deceptive. Dr. Harold Black is a retired economics professor from UT. And I heard him say once, or write once, actually, I read a column by his that said, you know, things that sound good are good if you're looking for sounds. If you're not looking for sounds, those things shouldn't sound good. We should know what the truth is, in essence, is what he's trying to say. Know what the truth is rather than what take the truth that sounds the best to us because it may or may not be the best in any situation. It may sound good, but it may not be the best. And that's why he says here in verse 8, watch out. Be on alert. Keep your, keep your, your, your senses, your spiritual senses and your cultural senses in, in, in tune. Uh, and, and in that, be careful not to go backwards. Be careful not to be deceived by the enemy and take your walk and your faith in a backwards direction. Uh, that, that's what deception does. So, because that's true, our associations and our alignments are different things, and those are important things for us to, to know and, and see and sense the, the people, the things, the, the, the beliefs, the organizations, and so forth that we align ourselves with. I've put it to you in these terms before, and I think it bears out with the scripture today. There are probably in your life people that you're for, people that you're with, and people that you're neither for nor with. Let me put that in terms of, of, of ministry. Um, I'm for Joel Osteen, but I'm not with him on a lot of things. 
I think the kingdom is going to be bigger because of his, his ministry and, and people will know Jesus because of that. And so I'm for those things. I'm with uh, Jerry King. If you heard Jerry King say the sky is green, I'd say, well, let's give it a minute. <laughs> it may turn green. That, that's how much I believe in, in, in his, his walk and his truth. Um, because I've known him, and I, 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 we have a history together, and I know, I know his heart, know his beliefs. So I'm with him. I'm neither, another example, I'm neither for nor with Al Sharpton, for example. In fact, it, it, it halfway annoys me that he still calls himself Reverend now. Let's let that go. Has nothing to do with his skin color and everything to do with his beliefs and his priorities, the things that he puts in place. He's never found a microphone or a camera that he didn't like. So uh, that's what I'm saying. He says, surround yourself with those kinds of folks that you are. Be careful of your alignments. Be careful of your, your associations, those organizations or people that you connect with and align yourself with. Be careful of those things and what you, what you believe about them and say about them and, and what people know about them. Check them out so that you know that what they're saying and hearing is in line with the Scripture in line with what it says. And, and friends, let that, be, let that include me. Don't take my word for these things on Sunday morning. Get your nose in this book and find out what the book says. Uh, I'm not going to knowingly lead you astray, uh, but I don't know everything. And I, I will, uh, I'll be faithful to share with, me, with you what the, what the word says to me, what, how I interpret it, and what the Spirit says to me about how I should deliver it. But don't take my word for it. Get your nose in this book and find out for yourselves what it says because your views, your, your, the things you believe, the, the bedrock principles of, of your life that are lived out day to day need to be based on what the Scripture says, not what, what Tim has said to you or anybody else for that matter. Based on what the Holy Spirit has said to you from His Word. That's, that's why what you believe matters. And good grief. We're, we're in a culture that's getting grayer and grayer and grayer uh, at, at every turn. And as such... The dividing lines, I think, are getting clearer and clearer and clearer as we go. Uh, there, there is there's some hard truths that our culture is going to discover, probably in the process of discovering, actually, now, even now. Um, but there's some hard truths that, that are going to be seen when the rapture occurs and just before the rapture occurs. And uh, by then, it'll be too late. That's why we need to know what we believe, why we believe it, and be able to articulate that to others around us in our world and surround ourselves with people who encourage us in, in that same direction. So, what you believe should be grounded in the Word. What you believe will be tested in the culture. Thirdly, what you believe should determine lasting relationships. It should determine your lasting relationships. Look at 9 to 11 again. It says, anyone who runs ahead and does not continue in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Pretty bold. Whoever continues in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring, the, bring this teaching, do not take them into your house or welcome them. Anyone who welcomes them shares in their wicked work. These alignments that, that I talked about, these relationships uh, that allow you uh, to be, you're allowed to be a part of, you need to be careful. Uh, I guess let me put it this way. You need to be careful what you allow through the firewall of your life. Firewall being, being the things that, that are convince you that, that they are true and, and the things that you allow in to, to, to convince you that, that, that are determinate, that, that shape you and shape your value system and your beliefs in a certain way. 
be careful of those things that you allow in and that you allow, allow through the firewood. They, they, they should meet some kind of criteria. And I got three suggestions for you as to, as to the criteria they should meet and, and, and the kinds of folks who believe those kinds of things. First is this, is that they should be true to the word of God. He says in, 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 in this passage, folks who, who do not bring this teaching, what teaching? The teaching from the scripture that he says, the commands of God. Folks who do not bring this teaching don't allow him past the firewall. Make sure of that. So uh, it, it, is, it is, needs to be true to the word of God. The second criteria, I think it needs to be good for the kingdom. Now, I think that's what he's talking about when he says, watch out for those who run ahead. Meaning, those who don't have the patience and the maturity to wait on God and get out there on their own, doing their own thing in their own way, in large part for their own glory. Be cautious about those kinds of folks. Be cautious about those who run ahead, who, who get impatient and, and don't have, have the wherewithal to wait on God and see what he's up to and, and go in his way and in his time. Uh, those, those kind of folks aren't good for the kingdom, nor are they for you. And it's usually always about them in the end. The third criteria, in addition to being true to the word of God and being good for the kingdom, the third criteria that I would suggest is it needs to be good for you. He's saying don't, don't associate with someone, don't allow someone past the firewall who, don't, who, who, who is, uh, uh, be, be careful you, you don't associate with their wicked work. That's a phrase he uses in this passage. So that wicked work ought to be a red flag for you that, that it's not some, something you should allow on the inner circle of your life. Uh, it needs to be, as I said, true to the word of God. It needs to be good for you. And, and we don't need to share in the wicked work of others. He says in verse 11. In essence, Mama was right when she said, you are the company you keep. And, and, and you are, whether you like it or not, this, this, the associations you have, the alignments you have, the folks that you, as I say, allow, allow into the inner circle of your life. And I would suggest, as a suggestion, that that probably not, shouldn't be more than four or five people at the most that you allow in, in the, into the inner circle of your life to, to, to see and know the real you and want and desire what's best for you at every turn. Uh, but mom was right about that. Those, those kind of folks that are godly, that are loyal, that are honest, that are selfless, those are the kind of inner circle friends you need to be finding yourself associated with that you need to pursue. And those relationships are relationships you should guard against uh, somebody trying to tear that apart. Certainly the enemy will do that as he tries to tear solid relationships apart. Uh, it's, those kind of relationships are hard to find, so cherish them and guard them uh, when you find them. Why is that the case? Because it, the enemy's gonna try and destroy those at every turn, I promise you he will. That's exactly who he is, because he knows that we are stronger together than we are on our own. He knows that with inner circle friends that have the same value system we have, that value the word of God, that, that walk according to it as best they know how, and that are, are out for you and you're good. He knows those kind of folks are hard to find, and he knows those kind of folks are going to push you to godliness. And he, and he will, if he can, try and destroy those relationships and, and dissuade you from seeking them out, being a part of them, and allowing them a, a part of the inner circle of your life. Well, why is what we believe so important? Here's why. Because what you believe shapes how you live, and how you live reveals what you love. What you believe shapes how you live. It shapes your decisions. And how you live is a reflection on what you love. Doesn't matter what you say you love. I may talk about what I want to be. But what I do is who I am. 
I may want to be a more godly man than I am, make better decisions than I am, handle money better than I am, do marriage better than I am, than I, than I do, parent better than I do. I may want to do all those things, but I am what I do, not what I talk about doing. So what we believe shapes how we live and how we live reveals what you love. So, so here's the final question. Is your life telling an accurate story of what you believe? Is it telling an accurate story of what you believe? In essence, does what you do line up with what you say you want to be true about you? Is it, does the actions follow the core belief system? And does, is the core belief system reflected in the actions in my life? Does, does the walk and the talk mess with each other? Why is it so important? Because our culture, as the scripture says, we are living in times where men are being carried about by every wind of doctrine. We're in those days. And, and, and as such, th those who know what they believe, why they believe it, and why those things are so important, need to be salt and light in a seasonless and dark place. That's why it's so important you and I live, our, live out our faith and not just keep it inside the walls of this room on Sundays. But it, it, it comes out of the cracks of our conversation. It, it oozes into the grocery store. It finds itself at the ball field and comes out of our conversation at the bank. And it, th those, those kinds of things ought to, ought to find their way into our world and into our walk. If they're not, why belong to Christ in the first place? I mean, heaven's a great thing, yes. If there are people in our world that we care about and we're not sure if they know Christ, why would we not be pursuing them on, on his behalf? Uh, what we believe is important. It's vitally important. And it's important that what we believe matches how we live. Because others are looking. They're watching. Let's pray. Father, stir our hearts with your Holy Spirit this morning in, in light of the scripture that we've just looked at and read today. Because if we believe that it really doesn't matter who, what we believe or who we believe in, uh, stir our hearts to truth. Stir our hearts to the, the recognition of our lostness and our need for a Savior. If we believe that we love you and call you, call you our Savior and Lord, but as we look at and examine our life, if the rapture were tomorrow and we stand in front of you, there'd be nobody behind us that we brought with us. If that's true of us, Stir our hearts to live what we believe and speak what we believe so that it's known in the marketplace, it's known in, where we work, in the circles of our friends. Help us to understand the, the, the power of what we believe collectively in the kinds of people we surround ourselves with that we let into our world and into our walk, into the inner circle of our life, that push us toward godliness, push us or, or just encourage us on toward something that looks more and more like Jesus every day and us them as well. Thank you for those kind of folks that you place in our circle, in our world, in our life, in our walk. And as we strive to encourage each other, even folks that are in this room with each other this morning, as we strive to encourage each other in our walk, would that, that, would that encouragement strengthen our faith? Would it deepen our roots? Would maturity be the outgrowth of it? Would we be seen as people who know what they believe, know why they believe it, and are excited and even enthusiastic about telling that story to you? So, stir those things up in us today. We're in a dark place. We're in a world that is devoid of truth. Help us to be truthful people, loving people as we share truth with them, but sharing truth with them nonetheless. Sometimes it's hard to hear. 
Sometimes it even comes across as harsh. But heaven and hell are real things. They're real places. And the people we care about in our world are going to end up in one of those two places. So what we believe matters. And our story matters because it may change what they believe too. Stir that up in us today and challenge and charge us with it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to today's message from Crosspoint Church, helping people navigate the journey toward an authentic, biblical, and contagious walk with Christ.